Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, do you have a crypto product that needs to go from zero to one? Well, we have the guy for you. That and other news, coin of the day, coming up on the Decrypt Daily. Good morning, everyone. Tuesday, August 24th, 2021. My name is Matthew Deemer. I think I said that already, but I'm saying it again because you need to know. Recognize. Recognize. I have just literally nothing to say this morning when it comes to just, you know, random chitter chatter and talk. So let's just get into those crypto prices and do that coin of the day. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 11.15 Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin, $48,500, down 2.6%. Ethereum, $3,240, down 2.8%. Cardano, number three, $2.71, down 6.3%. Binance Coin, $480, down 3.4%. And Teller's in the number five spot. Running off the top 10, we have XRP, Dogecoin, USDC, Polkadot, and Solana. Total market cap, two. $0.08 $0.08 trillion with a BTC dominance of 43.7% and an F dominance of 182 Now it's time for Coin of the Day. The Coin of the Day today is Safe Moon. Safe Moon. Now I wanted everybody to know there's trigger warnings in this. So if you're a Safe Moon fanboy and you're just a hodler and you're all about Safe Moon, don't at me if I say things that you don't like. Don't send me long emails. Don't go to my podcast websites and start downvoting me and leaving comments saying that I'm a only shill certain coins but not Safe Moon. Don't do it. It's immature. Don't do it. I'm going to tell you about Safe Moon. And that's the thing about doing coins of the day. If I get that one community that just wants to rally and just come at me, it's, it's going to happen sooner or later. But anyway, I was hoping it's not Safe Moon. Anyway, Safe Moon is ranked 212 on coin market cap. It has a price of point. Zero 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 one nine five two down four percent in twenty four a market cap of one point one four million sorry one point one four billion dollars and a fully diluted market cap of one point nine five billion dollars twenty four hour volume trading is at twelve point eight million dollars it is down eighty six point one percent from its all time high in April so it's basically been on a plunge ever since its all time high and it started really kicking up dust. And where can you buy SafeMoon? Well, you can buy it on Gate.io, PancakeSwap, Uniswap, and a lot more. There's a lot of places you can buy it, but it looks like the places with the most volume are swaps. And just to caveat that, uh, you can make a coin and put it on a swap. I mean, and just make a smart contract and find, you know, gather around people, provide liquidity for it. So it's, it's not a big process. I mean, you do need to do some work, obviously, but it's, it's not like it makes it valid because on PancakeSwap or a great project, or something that's going to be long-lasting, or actually provide a solution to a problem. Uh, Anybody can do this, right? So just keep that in mind. When you see things on PancakeSwap or Uniswap, it's not a barrier to entry. It's just 
it's an entry. Now, looking at what is SafeMoon, SafeMoon Protocol is a decentralized finance DeFi token. According to the SafeMoon website, SafeMoon has three functions that take place during each trade, reflection, LP acquisition, and burn. So what makes SafeMoon unique? The SafeMoon white paper notes that the big problem with emerging DeFi industry is the existence of high-yield LP farms that do not have easy access for newcomers in the space. So I went to the SafeMoon website, and, you know, I just I dislike projects that, you know, look professional, and... You can make a good-looking website, but then you have to look at, like, the details. And I, the first thing is, is I, I, I do see that there's no roadmap. It's just the roadmap is currently being revised and be back up soon. Be patient. Uh, it says our team, the CEO is John Caroni, if I'm saying his name right, uh, which he has the title of Captain Hotto, I guess. Uh, the CBO is Thomas Smith, or called Papa. And then Hank Wyatt is It's a Cat, okay, CTO. You know, it's just... I love playful teams and, you know, trying to make it welcoming and friendly, but you're also trying to provide confidence. And remember, SafeMoon's down 86% in his short life lifespan. Um, and then I'm looking at some of the, I guess, media that they have tagged on their website. And it's from Newsweek or Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg, uh, Benzinga, or Express. So if I click on the Newsweek ones, it says that it's uh, SafeMoon is unveiling partnerships. Uh, when I, the Wall Street Journal one is talking about price, the Bloomberg one is talking, uh, actually, I'm sorry, the Bloomberg one goes straight back to the website, so it's a broken link. The Benzinga one is talking about price. It's, it looks like it's heating up and ready to break out again. Um, and the Express one is talking about price. looks like it's nearing an all-time high after a 9% increase. But this is also back in May when the price was mooning. So, I just don't get much out of this, and I don't really know what they're doing. I don't know if they're uh, making a solution to a real problem. Um, and also, they just don't have enough clarity on their website to make me go, oh, yeah, this is what they're doing. This is what the hype is about. It seems like it went from 0 to 60 very fast, and everybody was really stoked on the price and the hype, but it's been down 86%, and we are pretty much still in a bull, and we're still rallying as a whole when it comes to the crypto space, and they're continuing to slide. So I've seen this before with other, um, you know, liquidity companies or what have you. Uh, STA is one that I actually got into, and I lost all my money. Um, RSR was one that I got into and actually made some profit, but they've been down 90% ever since I saw them last. And, you know, these are the kind of companies that you you have to go for staying power when it comes to these companies. And this is why everybody is so, you know, committed to Bitcoin or even Ethereum or Litecoin or, you know, ones that have been around for a long time is they, they've already proven themselves. They're not rug pulls. They are safe. Nobody's hacking their, their you know, wallets or their code or, you know, nobody's 51%ing attacking them. So it's the longevity of it. And when it comes to being really excited about new projects, they have to really, really, really tick some boxes of really creating a solution to a problem and being very transparent and being very open and very being very professional and actually going out to, you know, uh, be as legitimate as possible or else I, I really don't see it until I see it. Anyway, I, again, uh, this is not investment advice. So take my advice in my, I guess, critique with a grain of salt. But again, just look at the numbers. Moving into our main conversation today, I'm talking to Gabriel Anderson, who is the managing director of Tachyon. And he's going to tell you about taking your project from zero to one and a course that he has to help you do that. Plus money, by the way. Enjoy. Hey, how you doing, man? Great to uh, great to be here. Thanks for the time. 
100%. Look, let's just get straight into it, man. Uh, Mesh, I didn't even know this existed before I got this email. It's a thing of consensus. Actually, decrypt for transparency. Decrypt is part of consensus as well as a, I, I don't know. I don't know how you, how you want to describe it. You can describe it. Tell us first what Mesh is before we go on to what Tachyon is. You got it. Um, so Tachyon is a part of consensus Mesh. Uh, the Mesh, uh, I think at this stage, we've collectively incubated and invested in more than a hundred projects and companies, uh, including some of the key pillars of the Ethereum ecosystem. So these are companies like Infura, MetaMask, uh, Threebox, Pegasus, Truffle, Gitcoin, Decrypt, shout out Decrypt, uh, and, uh, and so many more. We also, uh, the Mesh recently separated from the core software part of our business, which is now CSI. And so the Mesh is continuing on with our investment and incubation and acceleration activities, standing up early stage uh, and R&D heavy uh, Ethereum-based uh, startups. What is early stage? Can you define early stage for everybody? Yeah, early stage, um, we meet founders where they are. So early stage can be, you've just come out of a, um, a hackathon, you've got an early MVP, you've got a proof of concept, but you don't have a business yet. You don't have a startup yet. Um, early stage can also be, you um, you kind of have the early beginnings of a business, but you're not quite high growth yet. You're not accelerating yet. So I, I think, uh, you know, a consensus mesh, we, we have something for every type of founder, depending on where they are. And again, we try to meet them where they are. So basically you're saying uh, you're, they're coming out, they just, you know, created their, their first, I guess, project on, and quickly on a hackathon. They're like, hey, you know what, actually, this is a good idea. And then, wait a minute, isn't this bridge right into Tachyon? What does Tachyon oh, do Oh man, what do you know? <laughs> so since 2017, Tachyon, which is the accelerator part of the mesh, um, really we try to back early stage Web3 founders. Uh, since 2017, we've launched five cohorts. We've got over 75 active alumni companies. Um, companies, you know, we have the have had the pleasure of working with and, and helping to accelerate some phenomenal Web3 startups, companies like Nuo or Idle.finance or Transact or Outlet or PiDout or Parcel or Multisafe, um, a lot. Um, twice a year. So what we do is twice a year, we bring together the most ambitious Web3 founders for an intense 12-week sprint. So that's where we're really helping them. A lot of our founders come out of uh, a hackathon. We really help them hone their value proposition, test them and their assumptions with real customers, and get them ready for the next stage of investment and growth. Um, so what we do, the way that we do that is we give them, uh, we give teams a little bit of seed capital uh, so that they can work on this full time over that 12 week process. We give them one on one mentorship. Myself uh, and the entire tech and staff have, have previously been founders. Uh, we give them access to the massive global network uh, within the mesh of uh, builders, uh, investors, and then we give them weekly programming to really help them think about the various phases of their startup as they move rapidly through what we call the product maze. Um, in preparation for their demo day, where we invite investors um, who are in our network uh, to see what they've been building over the uh, last 12 weeks. Uh, and that's typically where our investors, over 60% of them, end up raising their seed round. Excellent. So what, like, so you said to give them a little uh, seed money that helps them get through this 12-way pro program so they can keep uh, building and learning at the same time. How much money is that usually? And then um, when you get into this uh, uh, demo day, what kind of, I guess, reception do you see usually on average from uh, from the uh, Series A investors? 
Yeah, yeah, great, great questions. Um, every every coder's cohort is different depending on our focus. So, for example, uh, uh, our DeFi cohort, uh, we invested 120k in each of those companies. Uh, that was a pretty mature ecosystem. Um, our distributed web storage cohort that's going through the program right now, uh, the terms uh, 85k, uh, you know, in seed capital. Um, in terms of what happens at Demo Day, uh, again, I, I think if you look at our track record. Uh, over 60% of our companies end up raising their seed round coming out of demo day Any, anywhere from half a million to, to as much as $2 million or between a five to $15 million post money cap. Uh, so if you look at our track record and look at the companies that come out of Tachyon, that basically puts us in tier one as an accelerator, you know, that puts us up there with a YC, an angel pad, a 500 startups, et cetera. And then, uh, but we know that Web3 founders, you know, the demo day is not the end. It's kind of the beginning of their journey. And so um, we really work closely with them coming out of uh, demo day, uh, working closely with our alumni, giving them, continuing to, to, to work with them uh, in, in terms of their fundraising coming out of uh, demo day and making sure that they, um, they continue to accelerate. So now everybody's looking at this and going, okay, who is this Gabriel Anderson? You know, he's going to give us seed money, all this, all this stuff, blah, blah. Why, why am I going to listen to him? I saw Vayner Media in your portfolio. Tell me a little bit oh, about yeah. that. <laughs> sure. Uh, well, even before Vayner, uh, I've been a founder, three-time founder, um, and then I was EIR at uh, Entrepreneur in Residence at Vayner Media. I actually started out in uh, uh, performance analytics. Uh, I started our growth engineering team, uh, but then um, started building companies within the Vayner ecosystem uh, alongside Gary. So I've built a number of companies. One of them uh, within that ecosystem, since you asked, uh, was the Vayner publishing business, which is today the gallery. Um, we built that business up to 100 million uh, MAUs, and then we uh, Gary ended up acquiring a, a website called PureWow, brought in a phenomenal CEO to take over, uh, Ryan, who's tremendous. And then I started our, um, our SME uh, business. Uh, we turned that into a $10 million run rate business, uh, which is today uh, called the Sasha Group. It's run by a phenomenal CEO, a guy named James uh, Orsini. But yeah, having having been a founder, you know, uh, multiple times, I think you know my my specialties are really in early stage growth, customer acquisition, business development, and at this stage, um, you know, I have mentored and advised north of sixty plus Web three founders, uh, many of which have gone on to successfully raise and or exit. You know, whether it be through t traditional venture or, uh, you know, some of the uh, the more innovative Web3 strategies like DAOs or, or token raises. Just really quick, you said MAUs there. That's monthly active users, correct? That's right. MAU, mo monthly active users. Yeah. Excellent. 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 So, you know, there's probably somebody sitting over here right now that's, uh, you know, working on a project, maybe coding. Maybe, you know, they have their project out there and they want to get in touch with you and they go, hey, you know, this could be a really good uh, project for us to get into so we can grow our project. Uh, how do they yeah. do that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can visit us at, uh, first of all, my uh, Twitter DMs are open. You can uh, hit me up at uh, at Gabriel Anderso, no N. <laughs> um, uh, they, you can uh, send me an email, uh, gabriel.anderson at mesh.xyz. Uh, I, I love hearing from founders. I try to get back to as many founders as possible. Or you can just come and visit our website, mesh.xyz slash tachyon. Um, we have applications constantly open. We're constantly meeting teams that are working on interesting things. Um, again, we, we run our programs twice a year. So we're uh, actually preparing for demo day at the end of September. Uh, and then uh, we'll be launching the next cohort in, in the fall winter. Uh, so if you're a team that's um, looking to go from zero to one or you've got an early product, early prototype, uh, I love meeting founders uh, at the earliest stages. I, I love the zero to one stage. It's my favorite. Um, so we'd love to meet you. 
Love it. Love it. Gabriel Anderson, Managing Director at Techion. Thanks for coming on the show and talking about what you do. And it was very nice meeting you, sir. Appreciate it, Matthew. Moving into today's headlines. Let me make this font bigger so I can read it. I write in like a 12 font, but when I read these things, I uh, read by scripts that I make in the morning. I need to make it into like a 56 font because I get confused like in the middle of sentences. I, if you guys ever hear me like wandering with my mind, it's like because I just lost my place in the middle of sentence. Anyway, Poly Network. You guys remember Poly Network, the biggest hack ever. $610 million lost, gone, stolen. Wait, they're coming back. A Poly Network team member reported yesterday that a hacker shared with them the private key to a wallet containing the remaining funds. The project used this address to retrieve the remaining $140 million worth of crypto comprising of 28,000 plus Ethereum and over 1,000 Bitcoin. The remaining funds that aren't returned are in Tether, the remaining $33 million, which was frozen shortly after the attack. So they have all the funds ready to make the users whole again. And that's what Poly Network is going to do, is they're going to make the users whole. The anonymous hacker confessed that returning the money was always in the plan. Did this for fun. The biggest hack ever for fun. Now, my question is to you, listeners. If Poly Network was hacked for $610 million, the biggest hack ever, would you be comfortable using it? Send me an email, matthewaron at decrypt.co. Let me know if there's a future for Poly Network. Cryptograph will release photos of the late NBA star Kobe Bryant as NFT collectibles. These eight photos were shot in 1999. Great black and white shots never seen before. Link is in the show notes if you want a glimpse. All proceeds benefit the Mamba and Mamba Sita Sport Foundation named after Bryant and his late daughter, Gianna. Link is in the show notes, so if you do buy one, please let me know. Matthew and Crypt.co, come on the show and talk about it. These got to be rare. These got to be expensive. But I feel that if you buy one, number up only. And finally, we get a 101 and we get schooled by Don DeBerry Stump, the commissioner of the CFTC or the Commodities Future Trading Commission. And she wanted to address the misunderstanding about U.S. regulatory delineations which suggests that the agency is responsible for directly regulating cryptocurrencies. And she says this, and now this is all quoted, all read verbatim. By the way, just in, just in case you don't know, the SEC, which I'm referring to, is the Securities and Exchange Commission, and the CFTC, which I just said, is the Commodities Futures Trading Commission. She says this, and quote, There's been often a grossly inaccurate oversimplification offered which suggests cryptocurrencies are either securities regulated by the SEC or commodities regulated by the CFTC. The prevalence of this misunderstanding about U.S. regulatory delineations has grown to a point that I believe requires correction. For a number of years, the CFTC has aggressively used its broader enforcement authority to deter manipulation and fraud involving cash digital assets, even though the CFTC does not regulate them. Because this distinguishing point is absent from the considerable number of CFTC enforcement-related press releases, it may not be well understood to the detriment of the investing public. Even if a digital asset is a commodity, it is not regulated by the CFTC. However, the CFTC does regulate derivatives on digital assets just like it regulates other derivatives. And that includes the regulation of trading, clearing, etc. of future contracts and swaps on digital assets, such as the future contracts on Bitcoin and Ethereum listed for trading on various CFTC-regulated exchanges. The futures aspect generally prevails over commodities, as the regulatory authority encompasses various derivatives, but not their underlying asset. So, 
to determine the CFTC's regulatory authority with respect to a digital asset, ask not whether the digital asset is a commodity or a security, ask whether the futures contract or other derivatives product is involved. Makes a hell of a lot of sense. If you want to read that for yourself, link is in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. Deemerforcongress.com, still taking money. Go over there, donate to my campaign. Until tomorrow, happy hodling, everyone. <laughs>